1: Relax, this is Type Up. I'm Charlie Clawson. I'm Will Anderson. Hello, Charlie.
0: Hi, Will. I'm looking at you in the same room. I know this is amazing.
1: Well, luckily, I am incredibly hungover, so it will still kind of appear like this conversation is happening by (laughs) a slight (laughs) delay. Yeah, there'll still be a slight delay on all my answers, so it feels true to our normal Skype conversations.
0: What's it like?
1: Being hungover, yeah. Oh, I haven't been hungover for, for me a long time. And, yeah. Uh,
0: <sighs> like you, just like you remember.
1: Yeah, it's. <laughs> I don't like it, yeah. <laughs> but at the same time, it feels well earned. Yeah. It feels like, and you know, it does give you.
0: Well, you and you and Jem both. So, uh, just to paint a picture, it's a grand final weekend in Melbourne. Uh, my wife, Gemma and I have come down. We're staying with uh, Will and Amy because uh, Will and I are doing a uh, two guys one couple live show later this afternoon. So, we all did our separate things. Uh, I went to friends' place, watched the grand final. You went to the game. Jem and Amy hung out. Um, suffice to say, out of the four of us, two pulled up pretty rough <laughs> today. Jem barely made it down for breakfast.
1: I am like so amazed that that's where my day ended up because right. I had some work commitments in the morning and then I was going to the game and I had these very pure intentions of what my day would be and then I thought I'd sort of like head back here pretty much straight after the game so I in the morning went to the September club and I had uh, but well, which is where they have pre-hospitality before the game, where yeah. I was doing my sort of official work commitment, because mm-hmm. um, our work has like a you know a, te- a marquee in September
0: there. Club. Just for people who don't know, it's like you know at the races they'll have like various marquees like the birdcage and stuff. This is like the AFL equivalent. It's the hottest ticket in town on Grand Final day. Like I've been I've been lucky enough to to get into a few September clubs, but there was a year I think it was a couple of years ago. 2016 when the bulldogs got into the grand when they won the grand final um i had a ticket you got me a ticket to the game but i didn't have a ticket to the september club and it was one of my best ever blags to get into the september club because everyone tries to get in as soon as the game's over Hundred thousand people descend on this little marquee area and try and get in and so i was like well i was on channel seven at the time and my one of the big sponsors of uh, september club is channel seven so i was like well surely you know there's gotta i'm an employee there's got to be some kind of cachet there but as i was getting closer i was seeing like channel 7 employees getting turned away and i'm like oh holy shit but i ran into sam mack friend of the show weatherman sam mack i saw sam mack last night right and so i said to sam like do you have a ticket And he's like no no i don't i was like well neither do i And, and he said well let's just let's just pull a bit of like Uh, uh, we'll we'll pull some rank on the security guards when we get there and I didn't know what he meant but we got up to the front of the line and Sam's gone hey Sam Mack from Sunrise um, I have to do a cross with Charlie from Home and Away we just need to get him um, we weren't given our passes yet is that cool and the security guard was like (laughs) Uh, and they, because they were told, like, if they don't have the laminate or whatever, they don't come in. And, and so he's like, We'll just stand to the side. i got to deal with these guys. And so while that was going on, he said, go speak to this other dude. So this other guy comes over talking. He's looking through a list. He can't find our names. And Sam's like, guys, like, seriously, they're, you know, they're setting up the cameras now. We have to, Charlie, well, what time are we doing the cross? It's like 15 minutes, right? I'm like, yeah, yeah, it's in 15 minutes. <laughs> so the guy's like, oh, just go through, just go through. So we just bolted in to send them a club and then lost ourselves. You suddenly
1: realise you're trapped in an improv game? Yeah, totally. Like you're in an episode of uh, Thank God You're Here. Yeah. (laughs) And you're like the dumb celebrity. Well, I'm the fucking actor. And I was like doing the
0: worst performance. Like Sam the Weatherman. Delivering an Oscar-winning performance. But, well, he uh, has
1: to do a lot of improvising on the spot, and I imagine he has to blag himself into quite a into few places. Quite a few places. Yeah. Like, and I imagine rather than getting permits and permission to do things, that it's much better that you just have somebody who's good at sweet talking and then just getting something done and moving on. Well, the pressure of a live cross
0: is a good like that's a that's a good one to pull out because no one wants to interrupt the live cross.
1: I have measured my success in the September club by, cause I like, so I'm there for work. So I, I have a wristband for the triple M10. And then there's like just all this communal area. Yeah. So everywhere has their fake own hospitality. Tests, I but seem to remember a fake grass. Communal everywhere. area, like live music, you know, uh, free drinks and like a lot uh, of ex-footballers you know, swanning around well this is the bit that's different to the races right. right this is why it's better than the birdcage of the races yeah because it's like the birdcage of the races if all the jockeys and horses just walked around <laughs> in the birdcage I would definitely be more interested right? than kind of the birdcage because like, I'm joc- a kind diva yeah uh, <laughs> <laughs> drinking champagne, out yeah. of champagne especially
0: club? if you saw some like retired horses who'd put yeah. on a few pounds like yeah, just exactly. looking a bit fatter than when oh. they used to run yeah, <laughs> yeah exactly
1: Oh, Shatuck was <laughs> letting himself go he really let he? himself go he's
0: trying to pick up a, a mare that's much too young for him yeah. <laughs> oh, oh <Yeah>. gosh
1: <laughs> <laughs> um, so yeah there, there's that great fun of like you being amongst um... so anyway so I go to the September Club I have one beer I have a really good start to my day. I run into the coach of my football team. I have a bit of a chat to him, which is fun. Not the coach of the team you paid for, the team you barrack for. Let's the team I for barrack way. for. So, <laughs> yeah, the,
0: yes. the coach of my football team, not your coach.
1: People are like, oh, his hips have made yeah. me cover. <laughs> <laughs>
0: it's a bold new recruiting strategy from the Western Bulldogs. Yeah. I'm uh,
1: a 43-year-old with bad hips. The coach of uh, the Western Bulldogs football team, Luke uh, Beveridge, our premiership coach. Yeah. So, ran into Bevo and had a very nice conversation with Bevo about... um, uh, he This is... You know, like oh, I'm Can so you tell? charmed by him. Okay. Right? I'm just so charmed by him. Yeah. He just kind of like made it about me. Right. You know? Like, he was like, oh, I've just always wondered like how you you know, remember everything and now you're constantly thinking about this is going to be my show tomorrow. And this like, is why a
0: great motivator of right? man, you can tell.
1: And he's like, you know, I have to speak for part of my job and yeah, you know, sometimes I just like, I, I think of Will and I think, what about Will? What does have, have to do? I was like, oh, Bevo's thinking about me. All, the, like, yeah.
0: All of a sudden, you're ready to take to the field, mate. You could, you could run through a brick wall. That's what he's doing. Yeah, he's planning, You need Bevo to come speak to you before your comedy festival show oh. just to come out and give you a pre-game
1: address. I would love that. Get you fired up. Can you imagine awesome. if I got big enough? Yeah. <laughs> I was like, what does he have on his rider? Uh, actually, just like four beers and... Uh, Luke beverage. Yeah, just make sure there's a yeah. beverage in the in the yeah. dressing rooms. Oh no, there'll be drinks. No, 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 no. no. Luke beverage. Luke <laughs> beverage. Yeah, he <laughs> would like a beverage. Yeah. One beverage, Luke. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, so that was exciting, and then saw a few um, fun people, and you know. So, but then I, on grand final day, I love to um, get out there amongst the crowd and like you know just actually. Experience it in it's like you can go to the step step it you know it's one of those areas where I went and had a beer, I got a coffee, and then I wandered out into the wild. I, yeah. I, like what? It's a-
0: not the true atmosphere of Grand Final Day. It's no. like a, it's like a protected. It's like a green zone, you know, in a war zone.
1: And what I wanted to do was go and soak up all those things that I love, which is like. I went and watched, you know, Triple M do their radio show on their Just stage. with the
0: coulda beans there? I yeah. yeah. I went
1: to 3AW. Yeah. No, I, I did the laps. I went to all the areas where all the fans were doing stuff. And I, like, ate some hot chips out of a van. <laughs> Even though there'd been, like, free canapes at the <laughs> September club. I'm like, nah. <laughs> yeah. I, don't, I don't need your bush cheddar avocado nonsense. I want to go out there and eat some hot, hot chips in a bucket out of a van. Um, and so, but when I got into the game, I was sitting next to uh, – dave hughes and dave hughes is a non-drinker um and you know Hughes and i are very old friends so we were just having a great old time watching the game or whatever so i didn't have a drink so i was like oh i'm gonna have a pretty quiet day mm. today i'm not g-. and then my brother-in-law um has messaged me and gone hey i'm in the bar you know nearby yeah come and have a drink so i was like okay i'll go in and i'll go and see him that'll be nice like it was just one of those days where things kept falling in place, and. Um, But all his mates, well, this is a good example of things falling into place, right? So he's there with a bunch of people from work. He's gone to the bar first, bought a round of drinks for everybody, and then the other guys have ended up having to go to the toilet and not be able to get to the bar or whatever. So he's got like eight beers <laughs> Amazing. in front of him. So we just sit there for the entire third quarter in the bar, watching the game on the television, drinking these beers, <laughs> and then I was away. Yeah, that's so it. So yeah. that, yeah, slow I was start. was like I was...
0: Much like the West Coast Eagles, it was a slow start. <laughs> yeah,
1: exactly. But yeah, came home strong. Yeah. <laughs> came home with the wind and celebrated hard <laughs> well into the night. So I ended up having like... One of those nights where I had like 20 brilliant conversations last night with like 20 people that I was so glad to run into. It was like one of those nights. And so I woke up very, very dusty this morning.
0: Yeah. I managed. This is probably the first grand final weekend where I didn't get drunk the day of the grand final. I went to a friend's place and watched it um, in their living room and probably had like, I think I had like a glass of whiskey, maybe two. And um, I haven't been drinking for a few weeks. I'm doing a health cooking. I've been eating really clean and, and, and not drinking. So two glasses of whiskey, I was pretty drunk. <laughs> I was pretty drunk by the time I left. And then I went and met a friend for dinner. Had Japanese. That was quite civilized. Probably had a beer with dinner. And then came home and met the girls and probably had like another beer and then went to bed early. <laughs> like it was like, who is this person? But it was a nice change. But then... Jem woke up this morning because Jem's been doing this clean living with me as well. And I think that she hadn't adjusted. I eased my way into the drinking and I and, and kept it fairly like moderated. I think Jem was like, fantastic. We're having a day off. Yeah, exactly. And this morning was like, oh, God.
1: Yeah, Gemma went at it like um, someone who hasn't had a kick of footy in like two years. Yeah, pulled a and, hammy straight and, like, away. Flies, like just goes a bit too hard. Like, you know. <laughs> Just like mate, oh, oh, my back was for right, works. What
0: is that thing though? Like there is always that point with drinking, in which like, and I'm not a huge drinker. Like it's it's not like you know I'd ever go out and like smash like a hundred beers or whatever. But there is that point at which you have. <laughs> By the way, if that's
1: your standard of what a big drinker is, then you could probably lower that. <laughs> like, I'm not a big drinker. Like, I'd never have a hundred beers in a night. <laughs> no, n- neither would anybody. So that's not actually saying like
0: <laughs> Not literally a hundred beers. Yeah. Um, but uh, there is always that point in which you sort of say, like, two drinks in where you get that little buzz and you're like, okay, <laughs> like, this feels like I can pursue this. Like, I've, I've started something here that I can pursue and see how far it goes or I can just, like, pull the ripcord now.
1: Yeah, I, um, I've, I haven't been drinking much, actually, either, like, of late. But um, what I realized is, which, you know, is, is, is so nonsensical. Of course, it's true. But when you get used to drinking all the time, um, when you have a break from it and then you drink, it's also fun. Drinking is fun. Mm. That's the problem. Because then yeah. you go, this is fun. I should do this all the time. Yeah. But, like, I was, you know, it was making me feel in a good mood. Yeah. Part of the reason that I was in a good mood was... I had some drinks, and the drinks made me feel happier. Yeah. Now, eventually, if you just drink all the time, that doesn't really come with it. But if you haven't been drinking for a while and you have a drink, it's really fun.
0: Do you find? Do you ever like um, uh, match your drinks with water and see how that changes things up? Like, I will often like supplement. Like every second drink will be water, every third drink will be water, and I've found that like it helps me to not like. I can lengthen the drinking time because I'm, I'm, I've got a, I'm a lightweight. Like if I, if I sort of sat down in an hour and had like three beers with someone an hour, I'd be drunk. But if I have like two beers, water, third beer
1: over an hour, then I can like, I can actually keep pace with like good drinkers. Well, I think what I did yesterday, cause, cause I do breakfast radio hours now and I'm a bit like you as well. Like I'm not a huge session drinker. So like. The reason that, like, I was enjoying it, I think, is because I had a few coffees during mm. the day. Ah, so yeah. I would, like, have a couple of beers, but then I would, like, have a coffee yeah. and have kind of a break, which kind of helped keep me awake a bit. But I also did kind of, like, you know, so I was just taking another drug in between <laughs> yeah. the drug that I was taking. But <laughs> well, the last hey, time. these drugs work really well combined, guys. The last time,
0: like, I got really drunk, it would have been, like, a, maybe three months ago now. I went to see a friend's play <clears> and... Um, I was quite enthusiastic about the drink I, was, I, I actually set out to get drunk that night like I remember thinking like I'm gonna do it like I'm gonna fucking do it Set your goals and go for them kids reach for the stars <laughs> that's what I say um, But then when I got home I was like because I'm one of these people who I don't know I can feel my hangover coming before it happens like I get a little pre- it's like I get a little thumbnail. My my, my brain tends to be a little thumbnail of like, hey, here's what you can expect in the morning. <laughs> like, a little <laughs> bit of a headache, a bit of nausea, and all this kind of stuff. So, oh, hello. 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 Hi.
1: Hello. Introducing. <laughs> oh. Hello, Phil. Hello, Susan. Hey, hello. No, we, we can. It's good to see you. Welcome. You nice. How was it? No, no. What's up? It's all good. We can.
0: All right, so, uh, Phil, you know, Phil and Susan just uh, popped by.
1: Phil, you may have heard on uh, an episode of Philosophy. That's right, and uh, there's actually another one to come at some stage. I think we're changing over servers or something for us. of we're we're always
0: changing stuff I feel like all our shows we're always i just feel like we're i'm always getting emails about hey we're shifting the the podcast to this i'm like okay cool all right we're just going back and forth back and forth you'll find it somewhere
1: yeah well maybe not i don't know maybe we'll eventually lose everybody did you feel a little bit like
0: i i felt really um because we're talking about drinking and then like um phil and his wife walk up with amy and i'm like are we gonna get in trouble? Like, are we allowed to talk about drinking for a second? There, I felt like I was sixteen again at my mate's place. It's like, dude, 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 shut up, shut
1: up, shut up, shut up. It's more the idea of like when somebody what stumbles in on you podcasting. Yeah, it's you so embarrassing. How embarrassing you is. <laughs> It really is. It's just like oh god, I almost wanted to stand in front of the equipment. Oh, yeah, I <laughs>
0: almost wanted to be like doing like doing drugs or like masturbating or just something to so it's less shameful than podcasting. <laughs> podcasting. <laughs> So, so what are you guys doing exactly? I oh, we were no. mumbling oh. about drinking, I think. It, oh God. We were
1: recording that for people to listen to. I know. And I think
0: that, yeah. And I think there was a moment in which Phil was going to ask what we're actually doing. And I was like, oh, do we have to explain? Oh, Cause this is going to be really Dear God, I hope that we don't have to explain it. We don't know how to explain this show to people. Then definitely can't do it when I'm put on the spot.
1: Uh, so Phil is my next door neighbor. He is just with his wife, Susan, who like, you know, drove the support van and was with him the entire way. Uh, walked Burke and Will's track across Australia. It was like over three thousand kilometres and they did it for charity and He's seventy. He's a fit-looking dude. Or I was gonna. Do, I was wanted to say something, but I didn't know if it'd be creepy. I wanted to say, geez, you're fit." <laughs> like, well, well, I mean, he's just walked across Australia. I know, but so you can tell. But that'll looks, get you
0: fit. <laughs> but he just, but he's got like a little muscular, little body. And I was like, um, "Is it weird for
1: me to to like just comment on a guy I've only really met once before?" Well, also, the his fact physique? that he just like he walked for ten hours a day for three months um, across some of the harshest conditions in Australia. And didn't really get injured or anything. Yeah. Like he was just... Yeah. He was was like, yeah, he looks exactly the same as he did when he went away. (laughs) Like he just looks like a fit. Yeah, just walked 3,000 k through through the bush. What did you guys do? (laughs) The podcast is (laughs) so shameful. Yeah. Uh, We uh, have a fax machine now, Phil. (laughs) (laughs)
0: Uh, Yeah, I, I was talking about drinking. Oh, yeah. So I was saying... I can always tell, I get a little hint of my hangover coming beforehand. I get a little preview. So what I have started doing now is uh, I will scull like a liter and a half of water, try and drink as much water as I can. And the thought process being, well, maybe I can flush the alcohol out of me before the hangover kicks in. But then what happens is I go to sleep and I have to get up every two hours to go to the bathroom. Yeah, I I exchange the hangover for the annoyance of not getting a night's good night's sleep.
1: Yeah, I think that I would like the good night's sleep and and wake up feeling terrible rather than the getting up every 2 hours. That's just too annoying. And
0: there's something kind of like I mean, I know you and Gemma both hungover this morning, but you do—you look cool. Like, there's something cool about seeing someone hung over. Like, because, I, I don't know, like, there's something, you know, because it's just there's a lack of caring and just really relaxed and sort of like your body's a bit softer and your voice is a bit husky and stuff. You both look kind of cool. I mean, I know you're both, like, recovering really badly. <laughs> but I was like, yeah, man, hangovers are cool.
1: Well, you know, the other thing is that there is an element of, it gives you such great permission to like, you know, so Amy made us breakfast and it was like a whole, you know, That's thing. It's amazing. Go like, on. You know, it was just such a delicious meal. But I was just like eating like toast <laughs> and boiled eggs and beans and just like you kind of feel like if this is like, going to make this hangover go away, I'm just allowed to... Yes, I will have an extra piece of toast. Of course I will have an extra piece of toast. That's
0: when you'll have a can of Coke. Yeah. Oh, is when you hang over. And it's got to be from a can, right?
1: Yeah, Yeah, a can of Coke. From a bottle
0: will not do. No. There's something about the aluminium.
1: Yeah, I had one the other day, actually. I had it on a plane and uh, they came around offering the drinks and I was like, you know what? I'm going to have like a mini can of Coke. That's the right size amount of Coke as well. And I'm just going to have like a mini can of Coca-Cola. And I... I, my relationship with Coca-Cola, because I love Coca-Cola, but I I only have it very, very rarely. Yeah. But when I do have it, I'm always like...
0: (laughs) Yeah, it's a special occasion thing for me as well. Do you find that if you go to the movies, do you get a drink?
1: Oh... uh, in the old days, I used to get, yeah, like a, you know, a giant...
0: You'll get the jumbo combo, whatever yeah, exactly, it is. exactly, right. Big popcorn, big
1: Coke. But these days, Mars I'm more a... Mars These days, I'm more a gold-class operator. Oh, really?
0: la buddy that
1: But fuck, man, that gold... Those gold-class
0: food is incredible. <laughs> like, I think the last gold-class film I saw was It. Jeremy <laughs> and I said, let's fucking, let's go all out. We'll go see It, and then we'll get some drinks, and we'll or get some food, we'll eat off the menu. And we got the banana... Sunday, this this was a banana. Sunday it was just a cho- chocolate, fudge. and whatever the fuck this thing was, it was the size of a basketball. It was like melted chocolate, ice cream, cream, nuts. The thing was amazing to the point where I did not give a shit about the film anymore. I just wanted to eat the Sunday.
1: Well, I get, like so. Firstly, gold class is great because like I have terrible hips and yeah, I like, can stretch out. Episodes. But secondly, I love eating shit food in the dark because there's something about the fact that you don't have to see like the yeah, shame yeah totally <laughs> like, so like, you
0: can be like mixing your Maltesers oh. in with your your, uh, your popcorn whatever you want to do looking running your finger at the bottom of the bowl it's in and, the dark yeah, no normal totally. rules
1: apply but speaking of rules and etiquette and just even the fact that I would never like I could go to a restaurant and order like a plate of nachos and a ice cream sundae in the middle of the day
0: yeah but you don't want to be the same do don't that. look at me <laughs>
1: Don't look at me. I'm disgusting. Um,
0: I uh, On the flight down here, um, our flight was delayed. So we got the last flight out of Sydney. It was quite late, about 10 o'clock when it left. And um, everyone on the flight you could see was quite tired. It was only a one-hour flight. But there was a couple sitting behind me. Now, I think they were brother and sister. When I say couple, a, a guy and a girl. <laughs> but they were loud talkers. Like they were having, they were really enjoying each other's company, like telling stories and laughing and just like just real kind of like upbeat, vibrant conversation. Now, what is the etiquette on a plane? Like it wasn't like an overnight flight where people are trying to sleep. It's a one and a half hour flight from Sydney to Melbourne, but it's after 10 p.m. Jen was trying to nap. I was trying to read, do some work. And these people are like, yap, 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 ha, yap, 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 yap. And I was getting so annoyed. And part of me is like, can I turn around and ask them to shut up or to talk more quietly? Is that, I mean, are you allowed to do that on a plane? Like, what's the etiquette on a plane with loud talkers if it's not an overnight
1: flight? I mean, I might not be the right person to ask about appropriate behavior on a plane, <laughs> but uh- good point. <laughs> 'Cause Should, out, I, should I get up
0: and just uh, march up and down the aisle angrily? Personally, I'll do some stretches. <laughs> yeah, but I can't. Rec-
1: I can't necessarily guarantee what the end result of that will be. Um, uh, I think that. The owners should be on the people in the first place to just be having a relatively, an awareness of their surroundings that if like you are speaking loud enough that you're disturbing other people then and the other people are trying to sleep and stuff. I think that's firstly should be on the people. It shouldn't be someone else's responsibility. 100%. But after that, um, I think there's a way that you could like broach that subject Politely Tactfully Yeah I reckon you could be like You know introduce yourself Like you know Don't go straight to the Hey fuckos you know, thing, you know. <laughs> Don't open <laughs> like, with hey fuckos Don't open with hey fuckos <laughs> Hey shush it fuckos <laughs> No Shut your necks fuckos <laughs> Shut your <fuckholes>, fuckos <laughs> um, Okay,
0: But if it was a cafe for instance yeah. If you're in a cafe And there's a noisy table You're not You can't really turn around And say the nail Hey keep it down Like it's a freaking cafe And there's you know there's like people bring their babies, and people are there for work. And I think if people
1: up. were having an inappropriate, like, for public conversation, you could, like, so if they it were just being- loud, they were the, the content
0: of the conversation was not inappropriate. It was just loud. It was. Here's the thing. It wasn't like they were yelling. They weren't. They weren't being obnoxious. It was just loud. It was like having a TV on that you couldn't tune out because it was just na 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 na. Nah. And I was thinking, if they were drunk. I'd be well within my rights to turn around and and I think everyone would support me in being like, hey, just settle down. You're being obnoxious. But they weren't. They were just upbeat and enjoying each other's company and and telling jokes and having a good time. Am I the Scrooge to turn around and say, hey, you two who clearly love each other, brother and sister who clearly love each other's company and make each other laugh and you're each other's best friend and that's weird. You should get out and make friends who aren't in your family. Just, you know, personally, I think you should do that. (laughs) Stop having such a good time. Like, I'm going to
1: look like I'm Scrooge McDuck, right? I mean, it's a fair point. That if you have to, essentially, what you're saying to them is stop uh, enjoying life so much. You do seem to have a j'oue de vive? What is it? Like a lust for life? Lust for life. Like you know, you guys uh there is just a way about you like the fact that isn't it great that a brother and sister have this much fun together clearly you're living life out loud the way that life should be lived yeah. uh, w- i wish we could all have that enthusiasm for life but right now shut the fuck, <laughs> up. Please <laughs> shut the fuck up Please shut fuck the fuck oh, up shut the
0: fuck up! And it was just one of those weird things and i'm or i'm not the, i'm not a complainer like i'm the dirt dude he's always like well fuck you know i'll give someone the benefit of the doubt or i'm like it's a it's a one and a half hour flight but it just got to the point where I was like, oh, maybe I can go up to the steward or the stewardess and say, hey, excuse me, can you just tell those people to shut the fuck up? Because there were people around, it was a one and a half hour flight, but it was late and there were people who were trying to sleep and there were lights out and all that kind of stuff. I
1: think that is actually, that would have been the most appropriate way to deal with it is that you alert the authorities because <laughs> <The laughs> I'm a coward. <laughs> Imagine.
0: And then like I turn around and I see the steward like point me out like, Who's the guy who told it? Like, I knocked
1: on them? (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, I will broach this with them, but I am going to point to you directly as a person who's complained.
0: (laughs) Another thing actually happened to me, I completely (laughs) forgot about this until now. Um, On Monday, um, I was walking Junior around the block. I'd taken a little block walk in the morning. There's a little cafe near where I live. And there was this... Staffy running around, you know, and sees Junior and comes up and plays with Junior. And this dog is sort of like crazy, doesn't seem to have an owner. And this dude comes out with his daughter, who's probably about five. And he comes to the cafe and he's like, is that your dog that talking about the Staffy? And I said, no. And he's like, oh, has gone." I don't think the owners are. I think it, maybe it's got out of someone's yard. Can you just grab a hold of it and we'll... And I was like, yeah, cool. So I grabbed the dog and um, I see the name and the number. And the guy's like, oh, actually, I know... Who's, who this belongs to. It's a neighbor just down the road. I'm just going to go knock on their door. He's gone. I'll leave the dog with you. He's gone, actually, can you just, I'm just going to leave my daughter. Can you just keep an eye on my daughter as well? And I was like, uh, okay. So he goes off just to run down the street. Like within eyeshot, I can see. And he's just running across the road to knock on his neighbor's door. So I'm the, I'm talking to a little girl. And I'm like, what's your name? She's like, Holly. I'm like, hey, Holly, how are you going? She's like, good. This dog that I'm minding rolls onto its back and its lipstick comes out. <laughs> and Holly looks at it. And Len looks at me and says, what's that? <laughs> and I'm like, uh, and then I see the dad crossing back. And I'm like, well, do I
1: start? Like, is now the time to no. tell her what a penis is? No. <laughs> like, when no. her dad's on the way back? No. No. But also, no. No. At no time. No, ever. In that situation, at no time, should you explain what's going on. That is... Not your responsibility, sir. Yeah. That is something she will have other opportunities to learn about <laughs> when appropriate adults are there to give her that information, yeah. but no. Oh,
0: man. It was so awkward, but thank God the dad came back and he saw the lipstick. And he explained it? Yeah. No, he, he stopped and he looked at me and he's going, what's that? <laughs> I was like, you don't know
1: either? All right. You two sit down. <laughs> I'll tell you first, mate, and then you can decide if it's appropriate yeah. for her so uh, uh, we got some faxes this week. Yep, I have brought
0: some faxes from Sydney. How's that for efficient correspondence? Someone up. sent a fax to Sydney, which I have then got collected from the, newsagent, the newsagent newsagent. Newsagent <laughs> and have flown
1: down to Melbourne. Mo um, Charlie's going to get the faxes. Um, I uh, I sat behind this guy who was talking to. So on this same topic of like appropriateness of conversation, right? He was talking to the person next to him in, again, a quite animated, Mm -hmm. you know, conversation. But, you know, middle of the day flight, like a time where there's plenty of other noise going on and you can just put on your headphones and watch a movie or whatever. It's not like, it wasn't really bothering me. But he and his um, female, I'm going to say work sister, Not sister. (laughs) Not sister. I don't think related. I I got the impression that he was either like a, they were going to some sales conference or they'd been at some sales conference and he was kind of trying to impress her. He's hoping they're
0: going to have an affair. It <laughs> <laughs> wasn't he?
1: No, I think like more in a sort of sense of like, he was very, Big there was noting. a lot of yeah braggadocio yeah, about right. his business acumen right, right. And, and what he knew about things. A lot of mansplaining. Oh, I imagine if I'd heard the conversation, I would have heard a, a, a great deal of mansplaining. Right. Um, and the thing was, she's sitting on one side of the aisle and he's sitting on the other. So for the entire oh. flight, he leans into you know like uh, the across, the chair, aisle. across the aisle and has this like animated conversation with her and I was just like I don't know if that's appropriate mm-hmm. I think once there's an aisle in the middle your conversation separate. is separate yeah I'm sorry I mean you can occasionally trade a Conversation across an aisle. Yeah. But not like a... A, a line a, or two. A, yeah, but not an hour-long conversation across the aisle.
0: No. It that's why me... people ask to swap seats. Like, <laughs> hey, is it okay? My husband and I got put in separate seats. Could I swap with you so I can sit? Yeah. Otherwise, we'd just be yelling at each other <laughs> from like our various seats in the plane. Yeah. Now, that's completely inappropriate. Yeah, I
1: didn't like it. It made me... I was watching a movie... But he was, like, right in front of me. So I was still getting out of the corner of my eye just how animated he was about all this, like, conversation. And and from what I could see, I couldn't see her because she's in the seat in front of me. But I got the impression she wasn't getting a lot of words in. Oh, and also, actually, what I did do was... So about 10 minutes in, the flight attendants come through with headphones and she takes the headphones and he just keeps talking. Uh. And I think that's a sign. Surely if she takes the headphones... And it, don't stop talking to it. Yeah, yeah. Just let it go, mate.
0: Yeah. Yeah. I think there is a weird, I'm thinking, trying to think now about my public conversation parameters. And I don't think I ever want people to hear. I never talk loudly in like group environments. Ironically, like I do this podcast, which is a quiet conversation that gets downloaded by people all over the world, but I'm a quiet talker in movie cinema. Well, obviously, but like before a film starts on public transport on planes, I don't, I don't like people hearing my conversation.
1: Oh, yeah. When I'm at the movies, I don't want to hear anybody's conversation. No, I even
0: beforehand. Get... Like when the when the trailers are running. Once you can the talk... trailers are on, shush it. Oh, yeah. trailers. Yeah. Shut you your can't fake. talk through a trailer. Shut your face, fucker. Shut your face, fucker. <laughs> um, what about? Okay, so ads is fine because they're just ads. But what about in between trailers? Ooh, I want to see that. <laughs> Can you, can you well, say that?
1: I mean, I wouldn't want to miss that sort of witty repartee. <laughs> Hang on, is this the Gold Class Cinemas or have I got myself a seat at the old Gawquin round table? Uh,
0: you, you can't, so people, there's no kind of like chatter between no, I'm, trailers? No, I'm fine with in-between uh, in
1: between, in between trailer chatter I'm fine with. Right, it's the appropriate time. You should lean to your loved one and go. That looks good. What about? You should see that.
0: What about um, mobile phone usage, like when people are like texting? You know, before the main feature starts. If you see a phone during the
1: trailers, is that a no-go zone? No, I'm okay with the ambient phone out during the trailers, as long as you know you may is, not
0: be interested in.
1: Yeah, that's fine. Yeah, like you're not there to see the trailers, and also the lights are still. Like, oh, I, wait, I don't know. Do they put the lights that down fully for... They go down still, a
0: little bit for the trailers <laughs> and a little bit more for the movies. Yeah. That's so, how it goes, isn't it?
1: So I'm fine with... Like, I don't feel like your mobile phone glowing is interrupting the light as badly because the lights aren't fully the way down in the trailers. So yeah. there's still some random lights. In the Gold still glass Class, there's still people <laughs> delivering the popcorn and stuff at that point. Yeah, so yeah, yeah. You can be on your phone.
0: Yeah, there was last time, that, that same IT Gold Class experience I had, The dude, it was only me and Jim and a guy and a girl, I assume they're on a date. Maybe the old brother and sister as well. (laughs) Let's just assume everyone's brother and sister these days. But uh, he was so drunk. Like, this dude was so fucking drunk. That was a guy I did tell to shut the fuck up. Shut (laughs) shut your face, fuck off. Like, fucko. Like, he he was just, like, blathering and, and talking and... Like, he was on his phone, like, disinterestedly, like, scrolling through his phone during the movie. And it's like, man, I've paid a lot of money for this seat. Like, I know it's, I know he has as well, <laughs>
1: but... Like, of all
0: the kind of cinematic experiences, this should be the most pure, right? This is where they should have the highest standards, where there should be bouncers. They should have marshals going around to ensure it is the premium yeah. cinematic experience. What's well, business class. Business class, You're yes. in business class. Yeah, right? not in those pants. I'm yeah, sorry.
1: Exactly. There's a couple of... You know, no torn denim. Exactly. Well, or, or at the very least, like because you, you've paid for the experience. You haven't paid also for the extra capacity to fuck up somebody else's night. Yeah. Like, yeah, if they offered that, like it costs you an extra $100, but you can be as loud and drunk as you want. Sorry, mate. Uh, we actually can't shut him up. He bought the, yeah, the drunken the, idiot package. Yeah. So. Well, they can put it like in a. You know, like there's a Bubs Club where they have like a sealed room right.
0: at the back of the cinema. You put your drunk idiots in the back of the room and then they can babble and talk and do whatever the fuck they want up the back there.
1: Tell you what I'd do if I was James Bond. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> oh, God. Here Will goes again on his,
0: what I'd do if I was James Bond rant. How many times have we heard this?
1: 7 I'll tell you what. I wouldn't blow that right now if they gave me a breath test, <laughs> if you know what I'm saying, hey? Eh? Will, calm down, mate. I'm in the tank. I'm allowed.
0: I wonder if they, if they would do that. I mean, the cinema down the road from me, it's a beautiful old Art Deco cinema, and they're obviously trying to stay relevant because it's you know everyone has a fucking giant TV with surround sound these days it's very hard to kind of get someone off the couch to see a film unless it's like you know Star Wars or Marvel or whatever so they've started doing revival programming and it's been fucking awesome like they get the original 35 mil prints of like Total Recall Labyrinth Princess Bride and I've gone to a lot of them and they're packed out but it's a different vibe it's like Come to your mates' place to watch your favourite movie, and you can all like cheer and yell out your favourite line at the right time and stuff. Like it's not come to a Kubrick festival and sit there and quietly observe the master of cinema. This is come along and enjoy your favourite movie on the big screen with all your friends. It's a really cool kind of vibe.
1: Yeah. Well, we went and saw um, uh, Heather's yeah. as part of the thing they were doing at Howler in Brunswick, and like you know, we all just sat on beanbags on the floor watching Heather's. Yeah, and. Yes, it was for people who had already enjoyed the movie Heathers. Yeah, it was. weren't op- going to miss anything. It wasn't like for people going, eh, let's see what's on at the yeah. beanbag <laughs> movies that are. Like, the beanbag <laughs> movies.
0: It did make me think though, like a lot of films I've gone to see were like 80s. Like I, um, They did it at a Schwarzenegger festival, so I saw like Total Recall and Predator. And uh, it just made me feel like... I guess it's happened with all entertainment, the dilution or the widening of the market. Like, those films seem so singular in their... Is this going to sound like an old man talking? But they don't make them like that anymore. Like, I sort of feel like blockbusters now are so by committee and so corporatized. And so, you know, you look at the Star Wars films since Disney bought them. And, you know, the Marvel films are incredibly formulaic now. And and they're still incredibly made, well-crafted films. But that spirit of, like... When would you see a Total Recall, like the original Total Recall, like Arnold Schwarzenegger who would have been the biggest movie star at the time, did that film, which is this highbrow flip K. Dick sci-fi concept matched with violence and bizarre surreal imagery of like three-breasted alien women and all this kind of, and it was like a blockbuster. It was an R-rated blockbuster, like all those elements, it would be like getting Chris Pratt to do you know, the equivalent now, like do some uh, kind of sci-fi film that's like R-rated, that's incredibly violent with like sex and all this kind of stuff that makes $500 billion. It just doesn't seem to happen.
1: Well, Maybe I mean, Deadpool? I, yeah, I was about to say. But it, that's still, like it, I know it's still in that, that yeah. sort of Marvel cinematic universe. Yeah, it's not, but it's not an original... No, but I do think that like that's probably as close as the spirit of like Deadpool 2. Yeah, you're right. Like you were like that. It's This is a violent... Funny, you know.
0: Well, I guess it was more back then that you would take an actor and a director, yeah, with like vision and let them, you know. i mean, I guess, you know who kind of does that now, but in a really family-friendly, safe way. Is The Rock, like The Rock, clearly develops his own properties. He has his stable of directors and writers and whatever. But what he does is he buys, like, I think he's doing the Caribbean, um, not parts of the Caribbean. What's that? The Jungle Cruise from Disney. He's like, so or there's that skyscraper film or whatever but they're all fairly much in the PG family friendly widest possible audience but if the and the rock would be able to do like a total recall like if the rock did the movies that Arnie did in the 80s and early 90s like true lies and all that kind of stuff he'd be awesome at it
1: yeah absolutely but yeah they're not making quite those movies because instead the rock's like fighting a giant gorilla or whatever lots of giant gorillas or he's or, got one wasn't bag. he or something. Yeah. <laughs> I don't know. Like, and they're all kind of the same movie. But
0: he would probably be. I mean, who who's the other big action star of the time now? I mean, it's only really The Rock.
1: Yeah. Now, The Rock's clearly the biggest. Movie. Well, he's the
0: biggest star, just full stop, right?
1: Yeah. Isn't that amazing? It like, is amazing. Like, when we were watching The, the Rock Wrestling back then, we loved The Rock. But could you have ever imagined back then if they said, Well, what, I remember buying a ticket
0: Rock- to The Scorpion King. Just to support him. Because I'm like, oh, I like The Rock. I'll buy a ticket to see The Scorpion Game. I don't really like those mummy films, but I like him. Yeah. And then seeing that and being like, well, yeah, okay. Well, that's that's just for... <laughs> you, know, he's, you know, he's probably got the most charisma, the most acting chops out of all those rest. It's, yeah, that's all right. Little did I know that...
1: Five years in a row, he'll be the biggest box office draw card in the world.
0: <laughs> but not only that, but do you follow him on social media at all? Like his yeah. Instagram? And- like the dude just never seems to stop. Like, I don't know when he sleeps because he'll like take a photograph of his hotel room that he's arrived at at 3 a.m., And there's a treadmill set up that he's about to fucking go jogging on before he does his first weight session for the day, before he goes and has his like five or six fucking business meetings, before he goes to the NFL to talk to a bunch of like footballers on the power of positive thinking, before he then goes to set to shoot whatever fucking film he's doing, before he then goes back to the gym to his next session, before he then eats his fucking 14,000 calories a day. Like, I just don't understand. Like, I mean, does he sleep? Does he not sleep? I mean, is he just put himself on this fucking treadmill where he's like, I just cannot stop.
1: I I just think that that's what he's like. He just goes, you know? And like, you know, there was this, some talk that The Rock might run for president and, you know, people are laughing because, you know, The Rock, the wrestler might run for president. But I'm like, I've never met someone who's had his shit together more than The Rock does. Yeah. <laughs> like The Rock is on top of shit. The Rock is a guy who goes, I want this and I'm going to do this and has a proven track record of making those things happen. Like, he was the only person in the world who believed he could be the biggest movie star in the world. Mm. And he was right. He was right. Yeah. Everybody else was wrong. Every single other person in the entire world who would have been asked about it w- would have laughed at the idea that the professional wrestler, Dwayne The Rock Johnson, would become the biggest movie star in the world. Well, but there was there, was
0: there was kind of a accepted rule in entertainment. It's kind of like, in the same way that people like, you never make a good video game movie no movie made from a video game has ever been any good there's always an idea that no wrestler ever becomes like a, a true star like Hulk Hogan probably you know came the closest before that but no one really breaks through because ultimately they're just glorified stunt men but then this fucking dude comes along and the thing about him too is the reason that made him such a good wrestler was it was his sense of humor like there was always and you always felt there was like a nod and a wink going on with The Rock like you felt that he was aware of what he was doing so then, when he started doing those breaks, because he started off doing them like The Scorpion King and, and whatever. But you remember he was doing like Get Shorty and a couple of, and Southland Tales? He did like a couple of sort of interesting films where he was playing just not the muscle, where he was playing like comedically or dramatically or, or whatever it was. Like, the, I don't know why we thought this guy couldn't do it. He <laughs> clearly, from the fucking word go, had it all there.
1: Uh, and like, he's, I've never met someone who's more charismatic. Right. Yeah, what did you say? He glows. He glows. Yeah, and like my heart, like rate rose (laughs) when I was around him. Like he inspires you. He does. Like he was super charismatic. And
0: do you think there is something kind of more primal than just like the celebrity? Do you think it's more? He's a fucking alpha male. Like if we, if this was like you know forty thousand years ago, and you know we're living uh, like on the Sahara or something, he's leading our tribe, right? Right. Because he's the biggest and he's the strongest and he's the most charismatic. But he's
1: also like kind of trustworthy and charming and well like- I, was, I
0: listened to an evolutionary psychologist talking about of all the things that you know um uh, they talked about with leaders especially in kind of uh, primitive cultures one of the things that was hugely important was not just like the physical capabilities, but it was the ability to tell to tell stories. If you could communicate, tell a story, keep people entertained, lighten the mood when you needed to, help encapsulate why you need to find like fresh water by the end of like sundown or whatever, then that was considered just as powerful a leadership quality as any of the physical stuff.
1: Yeah, he has um, a good sense of... Uh, his own brand. Yes. Like, and I think because he probably just is what his brand is. Yeah. Like, you know, and he just lives that life. And he, anyway, I, what I'm saying, Charlie is I smell what the rock is. Cooking. <laughs> <laughs> I smell it.
0: Do you ever look at his cheat meals? You know, how he does his epic cheat meal days. Yeah. Cause I've been on this like clean uh, eating program for the last few weeks. Yeah. So, that's become my pornography of the last few weeks is that I'll just go on Instagram and Google cheat meals and it will inevitably take me to the rocks page.
1: You're like Ben Stiller in uh dodgeball. Uh, dodgeball yeah.
0: <laughs> he did this cheat meal. Like uh, he's got, he's had a few legendary ones, but there was one that he posted just recently, which I just was like, I'm going to, that's the first thing I'm, I'm, I'm going to eat is it was like, so he had a whole like gigantic tray of like five, six, seven trays of sushi. And then he got like these giant chocolate chip cookies, chocolate chip and peanut butter cookies with a layer, a thick layer of peanut butter between two cookies squashed together. And he had about eight of them (laughs) on a plate. And when he writes and when he posts them, he doesn't just post them. He posts this kind of like soliloquy, like an ode to the thing he's about to eat. Like they're hilarious. Like he will write this sort of like, you know, 300 word opus (laughs) on this cookie that he's been thinking about all week and that he's just going to smash, that, you know, he's just eaten five trays of sushi and now he's going to get to this plate of cookies and he's going to destroy them. He uses the same language he did when he was a wrestler, like he's going to smash, destroy, kill, demolish, vanquish these cookies. i tell you what, it motivates me. Like Luke Beveridge coming to you before a stand-up gig. I need The Rock to come motivate me before a meal.
1: I mean, I think that he would be an incredible motivator. Yeah. Like, you know, like, Anyway, I'll, what we're saying is we want to be friends with The Rock. I'd love to be
0: friends with The Rock. Oh, I saw it. a video of him uh, last week where he was talking to these NFL guys. It was like he'd been brought in to do some you know, positive thinking lecture or whatever. And he was showing, he had these three legendary bouts with John Cena uh, for the world titles. And there's, it's a really great storyline. If you ever want to go onto WWE.com and check out the videos, they're amazing. Because you can't tell, they blurred the lines. You can't tell how much of it is real and how much of it is kayfabe. But it's, um, the idea is that The Rock left to become a Hollywood star and that John Cena has stayed and John is a company man. John Cena only ever wanted to be a wrestler, loves being a wrestler, you know, would never dream of leaving the company. But now The Rock's coming back and he's getting main evented at WrestleMania and John Cena's like, fuck that. Like, the dude is not a, a wrestler. He's a celebrity who wrestles occasionally. He shouldn't be getting main evented. And so Vince McMahon's like, fucking brilliant. You too? <laughs> main event. Like... And so they had these three matches and I think like Cena, Rock wins a first, Cena wins a second or whatever. Um, but in one of these matches, it was scheduled to go for 45 minutes. That's how they'd planned it. And um, uh, Cena uh, does this move on the Rock and you see him, and this is the Rock talking about it as he's showing it. And you see the Rock, it looks fairly innocuous. He just gets put on his back, legs go up. And the Rock says, in that moment, he's going to completely tore my quad off the bone. I ruptured all the tendons in my lower abdomen, you know, like it was the most excruciating pain. But he said, but we still had half an hour to go in that match. And he's like, now you've always got a choice. (laughs) You've always got a choice, which is like, okay, well, I've got every excuse in the world just to stop right now. But there's 50,000 people here who have paid money. Some of them have worked really hard. Like maybe that's their one day of the year where they get... So if I just fucking like raise my hand or have to get out of the ring, then why am I even here? Like this is the only job I have to do is to entertain them. So we're going to do another 35 minutes. And so he wrestles this entire match, completes all his moves and walks in the ring, basically with one leg, having torn like the lower part of his abdomen, like just ripped holes in it. It's unfucking believable. And then probably got on a treadmill at (laughs) 3am the next morning and smashed a plate of cookies. cookies. Yeah. (laughs) He's inspiring. Yeah. He's inspiring. All right. Um, Michael, do you want to play the uh, everyone read facts jingle? I'm not even sure if we have one. I, I keep saying that, hoping that he's put one together. I wonder what Charlie is going to think if he ever actually listens back to one of these Shh, don't tell him. Ba ba ba, ba, ba da, 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 da. Um, Okay. Uh two Colin Fop, everyone read facts. Hey, tofop. Here's another tantalizing tofop tidbit. I've been listening to you guys for years, and it's only when you got a fax number that I decided I should write in. So I think that's a great business decision. I remember being in high school and telling my parents I was studying, but instead I was lying on the floor under my desk at home, with the door closed, laughing my teenage butt off at your show. <laughs> Why were you under oh, desk? the desk? That's a bit George Costanza. Yeah, under
1: the desk thing <laughs> seems a little too extreme. Like well, lying on the floor, You're I'm like okay. in the bedroom. Yeah.
0: I mean, lying on the floor, I'm like, okay, sure. Like, people lie on the floor. It's comfortable sometimes, but under the desk seems weird. All right. uh, laughing my butt off at your show. Fast forward five to 10 years and not much has changed. That's a, that's a, that's five to 10 years. Like, is it five or 10?
1: I think we've been doing the podcast for eight years. Uh, so okay, it can't right. be. Yeah, it can't, can't be 10 years. It can't be 10.
0: Fast forward five to 10 years and not much has changed. I listen to two podcasts as soon as they're released. Toe flop and can you guess what the other one is? Uh, Have been mentioned on our show before. Not an obvious choice, but has been mentioned frequently. Oh, not uh, not anyone associated with the show. Oh, yeah, uh,
1: the not the Weekly Planet, then no, not uh, the Dollop, no, then. not uh, think of
0: what would be good if we were good.
1: A smog cast, no,
0: no, like like really successful. Oh, Joe Rogan, no, not that successful. Uh. I think, but you know, <laughs> like if we were a more successful on-air duo oh hamish and yeah there you go <laughs> <laughs> I, I listened to two podcasts as soon as there is tofop and hamish and andy hamish and andy i listened to with my husband tofop and associated offshoots is just for me a guilty pleasure my own private escape into your world thank you for the years of entertainment here's to many more ash and i think this is a genuine fact because um she sent it from a podiatry center. <laughs> <laughs> I won't give the name of the business. Uh, but sent um, close to, yeah, around 11.36. So someone on their lunch break. Thank you, Ash. Um, Ash wrote in again. <laughs> we have three faxes this My week. My husband found out <laughs> about Tofop. <laughs> three faxes this week. Two from the same person. T two Colin Fop, everyone read facts. Hey, Tofop, here's another tantalizing Tofop tidbit. Ash is down with the format. <laughs> I like it. I miss the days of Will's dogs farting and poisoning the air. Why are dogs' farts so gross?
1: (laughs) So, my dogs uh, do not have gross farts anymore. Oh, really? How'd you fix it? I have fixed it with a diet, essentially. And so I've been experimenting with a range of things. But now they have uh, a pretty steady, consistent diet of some uh, vegetables and um, some, st- I'm poaching their chicken now, right? Uh, which is much better. Um, I, the the trick is, um, uh, what the, what the fuck is the name of the um, uh, garnish? Garnish? It's like, no, it's like you know,
0: uh, coriander, it um, uh, parsley, parsley. Okay. So, uh, well, I'm, that's pretty good. I've got that in two guys.
1: Yeah. So, um, parsley. So, yeah. finely chopped parsley yeah. in the vegetable mix. And then I I mix it up with some we've got this like dog log that they we buy at this gourmet pet shop which is and then some peat biscuits they get a combination of things and I've got it to the point wow like a little scientist I've eliminated you're like the, the farts. Pete Evans of dog
0: uh, I mean to be honest I
1: feel like I can put out a book <laughs> yeah right. it took me like a year and I've been doing this like experiment and I've nailed it in fact until this moment I hadn't quite. Because it's been a gradual process for me, the elimination of the farts. I forgot how bad they were yeah. in the day. That's and the fact really that I've worse. cured that is actually something... Maybe I should write a book. Yeah, you
0: should. How to yeah. Stop Your Dog from Farting. Yeah. <laughs> how to Lose a Guy in 10 Days and How to Stop Your Dog from Farting. Farting in 12. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. My husband and I adopted a dog at the end of last year. It was agreed it was my job to pick up her poop. I assumed my husband was being amazing and doing it for me because there was never any to pick up and he thought I was taking my promise so seriously and doing it all my own time. One day I noticed in the morning before work when I got home, it was gone. I'd left after my husband and got home before him, so I was very confused. When I asked him, he's all like, I haven't picked any up, and I'm like, I haven't picked up any either. At this point, we realized our new Princess Cleo had been eating her own poo. <laughs> Gross. Why do dogs eat their own poo?
1: Yeah, the cop- coprophagic or cop- coprophrygic. F- f- yeah, something Something like that. Coprophryliac. Uh, <laughs> so, um... My dogs Project. don't do that, which I'm very happy about.
0: Yeah. Um, Harder to kiss them on the lips when they uh, eat their own shit.
1: But I have been, um, again, my experiment has gone beyond farts into their poo. I've been looking for a really consistent... Stool? Yeah, stool. <laughs> like, and It is because, bizarre, right? Because out, outside the kitchen, this is the shit that I get up to while Amy's away, essentially. Yeah. <laughs> It's like, this is my life. Yeah. Um. But because we've got grass outside the kitchen, I can examine, essentially they go out there and in full view I can examine like, you know, when they go to the bathroom and like, I've really feel like I've, Got, got it to the right consistency Mate
0: I'm the same Like I actually Worry I'm so I can tell exactly When Junior's gonna poo Like I know I can pick the, the cues It's like tells Little tells that I'm like Oh he's gonna shit now Like I'll get, I'll be like Gemma bag me <laughs> By the time Gemma Gets a bag my hand I know he's about to go It's like I've been observing My dog shitting at <laughs> Far too closely That I know The exact look in his face The movement of his body The shuffle The ways When he nose down He's gonna go Yeah <laughs> And I get really proud of him when it's a really big shit. I'm like, "Good on you, mate. Well done. Clear, clear that all out. Get all out of here." <laughs> Attention, tofop. Here is a list of all the accents I doubt Charlie can do, and the locations for Will. Okay. Um, all right. So I will, I will, uh, I'll do the accent, and you try and guess where it's from. How oh, about we do that?
1: Okay. Yeah. Great. Okay.
0: Hello, my name is Mason Cox. Uh, America, American. Now he wants to do a Southern
1: Cajun. I don't think that you can say my name is Mason Cox. <laughs> I feel like that would be like one of the clues you're you right, can't give because okay, right. then you're going to be
0: like, "Hi, my name is the Swedish chef from the Muffets. He says he wants to do a Southern or Cajun. I'm not really sure about Cajun because that's kind of like Creole. <laughs> is that like racist? Yeah, yeah. is it? No, I think no. is that is no. it Cajun like that French like New Orleans? <laughs> yeah, New Orleans. Uh, Southern. Let me have another crack at Southern. I know there's certain listeners who think I can't do a Southern accent. Let me see if I can. <laughs> uh, Y'all need to shut your mouths because <laughs> I got something to say. My name is Charlie Clausen, and I can do a Southern accent. <laughs> All right. Um, uh, oh, I'm not really good at this one, <clears throat> but I'll make it again. This will be a bit easier. Uh, I left my car in the car park.
1: <laughs> You left your car in the car park. I left my car in the <laughs> car park. Um, uh, I don't believe South I know African. where my car is. <laughs> South Africa? <laughs> yeah. yeah.
0: Um, uh, what is this noise? It's just coming through the window. It's uh, hard to concentrate with all this noise. I'm trying to uh, listen, eat my strudel. Strudel? <laughs> oh, shit. I, I got my meat...
1: Uh, um, <laughs> uh, uh You're austrian oh uh, weird mm, <laughs> german
0: yeah
1: <laughs> okay What about this? Um, i mean it's weird with the germans that you went with strudel rather than <laughs> some of the more obvious okay. <laughs> options when it comes to german oh. <laughs> um uh, uh,
0: yeah. okay um hello hello you do not hear my money I uh, get trouble for you. You know, you don't pay me. Uh, I uh, I create trouble for you. No, uh, uh, more uh, um, a uh, bigger, bigger country. Bigger uh, country. Russian. Yeah yeah uh, <laughs> niet, <laughs> niet. <laughs> yeah need yeah uh, what's, what's the opposite uh, I don't know. Okay. Uh, I've got no fucking idea what this accent is. Um, I'll just have to have a guess. Uh, um, uh, yeah. <laughs> I've got. It's Armenian. I can't even. I can't even pretend. Okay. Yaman yeah, man, going to oh, uh, racist. Okay. <laughs> Is it? Okay. Jamaican or Carib, Caribbean? Caribbean. Yeah. Caribbean. Um, okay. What about? Um, um, oh, I like chips. Oh, no, brew. I don't have any chips. New I like um,
1: salt and pepper. That's uh, salt and fish and chips. Okay, New Zealand. Okay. It's good. Hey, it's me, Mario. <laughs> Racist, yeah, okay. Italian, <laughs> yeah,
0: and uh, oh, frig, I don't know. I mean, my personal trainer is this, so I really should be able to do this accent. But I, th- how does she sound, Colombian, Charlie? You're not, know, uh, Charlie, um, you're doing really well, Charlie, uh, a bit stronger, but st- uh, Brazilian, that's terrible. I apologize, Anna, if you ever hear this, I'm so sorry. Uh, prove me wrong, sincerely, Simon.
1: Well, I can. I think we can say that you did not prove him wrong. <laughs> <laughs> Armenian, you give me Armenian. Uh, hi, I'm Kim Kardashian. <laughs> Armenian? How long have we done? I don't know. Enough. Enough. All enough. Because right. we have to go and do a live show. Oh, that's all right. We, we had. Easy. We. And, you know, we oh, had yeah, a we interruption. So we did. We probably should finish up.
0: Uh, you can go to our, our Patreon page, patreon.com forward slash Tofop, if you'd like to support the show. That's a monthly deduction from your account of any amount, between a dollar up to as much as you feel like you want to give the show. It's a way we pay Mike Howell and James Fosdyke and, and keep the show running. Um, you can go to our website, tofop.com, uh, where there's links to this podcast and all our other podcasts. If you want to hear Phil, who came in and stuck his head in earlier, you can hear that on philosophy.
1: And there'll be another one at some stage.
0: And another one at some stage on some server somewhere, apparently. Somewhere. We have a uh, AFL podcast. Um, uh, We're actually doing the live grand final show in Melbourne this afternoon, yeah. so that will be up later
1: this week. Uh, you can check us out on Facebook, on Twitter. Will, are you on tour? Uh, yes, my Will Eagle shows is uh, now less than two weeks away at the Sydney Opera House. So um, the first show, there's less than 100 tickets left, and then the second show, there's like a yeah, few hundred left. So um, Can I get one? Yeah, are you going to be in town? Yeah, yeah, yeah. That'd be cool. Cool. Um, so yeah, come and come and see the show though. Like it's a really. I'm just going to sh- come and just check my phone <laughs> talk really
0: loudly to my to my sister.
1: <laughs> oh no, Charlie's here with his sister. Oh, drunk. that's a really good joke. He had a really hard time on the plane. I
0: mean, I won't be having a bad time. I'll be enjoying it. I'll just be talking really loudly. It was a complete misunderstanding. You see here. <laughs> I know this
1: guy. I do a podcast with him. <laughs> <laughs> um, October 13th, Sydney Opera House, and then Pakenham, Pendigo, uh, Noosa Townsville, some other places later. Uh, play on... No. <laughs> sorry, that's a sign <laughs> that's up for that. No, um, I'm Charlie Clausen. <laughs> Ball. I'm Will Anderson. <laughs>